Krishna. Hare Krishna and welcome everyone to Saturday Sangha. Broadcasting again from Sadhu Bhavan in Wubno in the land of Po land. Oh, we have a live audience. We have Bhakta Selim. Actually, when I start singing, can you play Kartals? Uh, under the Madungas. He knows where his cartels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then, nice to see you all. Recording in progress. Yeah. Nice to see you all again. Uh, we'll be going through Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song from his Kalyana Kalpataru, uh, one of his many songs. This will be song 14. And then we have um, Dharma Gopta wants to make a show and tell. Uh, it'll be... Um, he said it'll take 10 or 15 minutes, okay. And then, and then we'll see what else happens. At some point we may do some more hermeneutics. And we may see what else happens, see what, what questions come up. We try not to be too rigid in our program. And uh, I'd like to see what's on your mind. I think I can get rid of that. Yeah. Okay. Oma Jnana Timirandasya Jnanam Janang Gyanam Janas. How does the verse go? My brain's not working today. Shalakaya. Chakshurun militam yena tasmai. Shri gurave nama. Shri chaitanya mano bishtam. Stabitam yena bhutale. Svayam rupakadamayam. Dadati sva. Patantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yutta Patakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavangscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tang Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna 
Prestaya Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nivishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gauravakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Bhaktin Olia, who are the, our young friends with you? Wer sind die beiden? This is my daughter. Uh huh. It is Mila. It is Enrique. And small is sleep now. Okay. <laughs> and our man's uh, are away. Never <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Thank you very much, Kurnakaraj. Hare Krishna. Okay. So, yeah. Welcome, everyone, again. Uh, we're going to sing. First, we're going to read through. Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song to his mind. His mind, our minds. A prayer to the mind. Mono tumitirte shodarata. Um, oh, just check something. Okay. Hmm. Tumitirte shodarata. Ayodhya Matura Maya Kashi Kanchi Abontia Dvarabati Ar Aro Achejota. My dear mind, you're always attached to all the different places of pilgrimage such, pilgrimage, such as Ayodhya. Matura, Maya, Kashi, that is Varanasi, Kanchipura, Avantiya, 
Dvaravati, and so on. Tumi chahu, brahmi bare, e shakal bare bare, mukti lava, kori bar tare. She shakal taba brahm, nirartaka parishram, chittastir tirte nahi kore. You want to travel to all these holy places of pilgrimage again and again simply for the sake of obtaining liberation from the material miseries. But we actually see that your heart is not becoming resolutely fixed, fixed up by going by going to all these places. Therefore, all of, you, all of your wanderings are simply useless labor for nothing tangible. Hmm. Near artaka uh, means having no benefit, no arta, uh, making no benefit. Parishram, simply a, bun- a lot of effort. She Shakaltab Brahm. Brahm. Actually, it's interesting that he uses the word Brahm here because it can mean both wandering and it can mean mistake. So your all your wandering is is all a mistake. Tumi Chao Brahmi Bare. You're wandering about Eshakal bare bare, repeatedly, mukti lab koribar tore. You're doing it with the desire, the um, hope of getting mukti, mukti lab. Se shakal tabram, nirartak parisham. Chitta stir tirte nahi kore, and you're not getting. Your consciousness, citta, is not stira. It's not fixed um, by this going to the different tirtas or in the tirtas, tirte. The tirtas are not making your mind steady. Tirta pal shadu shango. Shadu Shange Antarongo Sri Krishna Bhajana Manuhar Jota Shadu Tota Tirta Stir Kori Nija Chitta Shadu Shango Koro Nirantar The ripened fruit Tirta Pal and real benefit of any place of pilgrimage, Tirta Paul, uh, is the company of the pure hearted devotees, Shadu Shanga, <clears throat> of the Lord. Establishing intimate and friendly relations with such devotees, Shadu Shange Antaranga, intimate and friendly relations. Um, Shri Krishna Vajana Manohar, let your mind be captivated by performing the charming worship of Lord Krishna.
Mm. Manohar means uh, the theft of the mind. Um, actually, any place in the entire world becomes a worshipable place of pilgrimage if devotees are living there. Jata sadhu tata tirta. Where there is sadhu, there is tirta. Hmm. I think some, someone's microphone may be on. Um, yeah, there's some scraping sound. Who is the culprit? Huh? Don't see. Anyway, okay. Um, yeah, jata, jadas, jata sadhu tata tirta stir korini cha chitta. Hmm. Um, Thus you should immediately seek out such a place wherever you happen to be, and you should become fixed, stir koriya, becoming fixed, nija chitta. Uh, here he translates, fixed up in Krishna consciousness, sharushanga koro nirantar, by constantly remaining in the company of such devotees. And verse 4, Jai Tirte Vaishnav Nai, Shai Tirte Nahi Jai, Ki Lab Hantia Dur Desha, Jatai Vaishnav Gana, Sheshthan Brindavan, Sheshthane Ananda Ashesha. Personally, I never bothered to visit any so-called place of pilgrimage which is devoid of the presence of unalloyed devotees. For what other worthwhile benefit could possibly be gained by taking the trouble of walking to such faraway places? Kilab hantia duradesh. Dura means far. Desha land or place. Kilab, what's to be gained? Hantia, by this, uh, making this effort, I guess. Only that place which is graced by the presence of the devotees is actually Vrindavan. Jyotai, Vaishnavgan, Sheshtan Vrindavan. That place where are Vaishnavas, the assembly of Vaishnavas, Vaishnavgana. Sheshtan, that place, is Vrindavan. Sheshtane Ananda Ashesh, and only at that place can you come into contact with unlimited spiritual pleasure. And verse 5, Libera liberation personified. Hmm. 
Krishna Bhakti Jaisthane Mukti Dasi Shekhane Shalila Totai Mandakini Girit Tata Govardhana Bhumi Tata Brindavana Abhirbhuta Apani Ladini Liberation personified is herself the humble maidservant of that place which is surcharged with devotion to Krishna. Krishna Bhakti Jaisthane. She Kane, that place. There's Ekane and Okane in Bengali. Ekane is here, Okane is there. Shekane is right here. I think Ekane also means now. Deva Shiradika is with us. She can confirm. Are you there? There she is. Yes. Hi, Krishna Yes, it would be Shekhane. That would be... Yeah, Shekhane means in terms of place. And Shekhane is a little different. Shekhane would be in terms of time. Oh, so one is short ah and one is long ah. Yes, Maharaj. Oh, thank you. All these years I didn't know this. So then it's, um, which is which? Shekhane? Shekhane is locational, in terms of location. Long. The longer one, yes. Okay. And Shekhane is Shekhane time. Shekhane is time. time. Okay. <laughs> and that goes also for Ekane and... There's ekane and ekone. Yes, the term kone is about time. So when we say ekone. From kshana. Ekshana. This moment. Yes, yes, Maharaj. It is kone is time. (laughs) Ah, We're getting confirmation from from Sugopi. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you both. All right, now we're getting full lesson here. Okay, so it goes on to say, all the water at that place is the celestial Ganga. Mm. Mandakini uh, is a name for the celestial Ganga. It's also the um, the Ganga in the Himalaya before it becomes specifically Ganga. It's also, um, so at Badri, Badri, uh, Badrinath, uh, that is there, the Ganga is called Mandakini, as I understand. No, it's Alakananda, I don't know, one of the, maybe it's Alakananda, but Mandakini is there somewhere. <laughs> okay, mm. every hill there, is Giri Govardhan, and the very earth is indeed Vrindavan. Only such a place can manifest the appearance of the eternal spiritual joy, which is revealed by the Lord's pleasure potency. 
so only what such place, a place which is surcharged with devotion to Krishna, and how is it surcharged with devotion to Krishna? Because there are Krishna bhaktas, Vaishnavas present there, Vaishnava gana. And then finally, binod kohiche bhai brahmiya kipalpai Vaishnava shebon more brato. I ask you now, dear brother, mm -hmm. what benefit would I get by circumambulating all of the holy places of pilgrimage? Brahmiya kipalpai. Uh, what fruit mm, will I gain? Do I gain? Brahmiya by wandering about like this. <clears throat> Personally, my vow is to serve the Vaishnavas with firm resolution and untiring endeavor. Vaishnav Shevana, more brata. My brata, my vow is Vaishnav Shevana. Nice, nice, okay. Let's see now. Varabhati Arache Jata Varabhati Arache Jata Tumi Chaho Brahmi Bade Eshakala Bare Bare Tumi Chaho Brahmi Bade Eshakala Bare Bare Mukti Lab Kori Bara Tare Mukti Lab Kori Bara Tare Shri 
সেখানে কৃষ্ণ ভক্তি যে স্থানে মুক্তি দাসে শালীলা তথায় গিরি গোবর্ধনি বৃন্দাবন আবির্ভূত আপনি আবির্ভূত আপনি বৈষ্ণব সেবন মোর রাম
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare I go to Hari, go, Hari, go, And our thanks to our backup band, <laughs> Madai Jivan and Selim. Okay. Yeah, so places of pilgrimage. Mm, good, good to go if there's... Krishna Bhakti happening there. If not, why bother? <laughs> this is Bhakti Manod Thakur saying, why bother? Um, and it's a prayer to the mind, uh, which suggests to me also that in the mind, one can also take pilgrimage, which is a good thing to know for these days. Because travel is maybe restricted for many or most of us. Physical travel. We also reduce our carbon footprint <laughs> by staying in one place. <laughs> yeah. 
we may be reducing our carbon footprint and meanwhile a hundred other people are increasing their f carbon footprint in our place. Hmm, what to do? Okay, so, um, what do we do now? I think, I think now it's time, uh, Dharma Gopta, do you want to share your, something, what you're sharing? Are you there? Yes, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. There he is. Hare Krishna devotees. Uh, but basically, I would like to introduce a um, small project which we have here locally uh, with uh, Expo here 2020. Here Dubai, right? Yes, yes, in the Modernadesh Yatra. Mm -hmm. So with uh, Expo 2020 just recently started, a few days back, precisely on Thursday, uh, with big pomp and with big uh, opening ceremony, which was uh, followed all around the world. Maybe some of you have followed as well. Uh, just a few words about Expo. Expo is basically a, a exhibition which is happening every four years uh, in different places around the world. And this, like a 2020, last year was uh, supposed to be open here but due to the pandemic situation, it was postponed for one year later. So it opened basically uh, just a few, few days back, as I said. And Expo is uh, like an exhibition of uh, different cultural and technological and uh, sustainability and different, uh, how to say, endeavors of lo local uh, communities in different countries to present what they uh, their achievements and their plans for the future and so, so on so basically here they built for the first time like a i think 192 countries are participating in expo and they built here uh, a huge facility it's a it's a size of a smaller city uh, I think like a 10 square kilometers facility uh, and it's pretty impressive. So uh, we are expecting here a lot of visitors throughout the following six months as uh, of the duration of the expo. And of course, uh, local devotee community took part in it and especially the youth, uh, ISKCON youth. So they will be having several programs throughout the duration of Expo, throughout the following six months, with first starting today, and that's the, I'll try to share the screen just to see the program, how it looks like. Second. So, this is the Uh, they call it, the project is called Stay Rooted, and it's completely done by uh, ISCON youth of our local community here. Uh, what it composed of, uh, the idea was to be in several parts. So first part will be uh, with the theme of sustainability. 
uh, with sustainability being one of the three major parts of Expo, major themes of Expo. There is a, a mobility, sustainability, and uh, opportunity. There are three main sections of Expo, Expo exhibition. So within the sustainability, as Guru Maharaj said, like a, reducing the footprint. So actually, yeah, talking about that, actually <laughs> in the bottom part of the screen, you can see the reducing the uh, carbon footprint uh, as a uh, on, on a path of being vegetarian. So that's the that's the idea of the of the project. Uh, the devotees devotees will be performing and having different panels uh, within the India Pavilion, and it's always done under the uh, uh, India. Uh, Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we have a very, very good cooperation with India Chamber of Commerce, and many uh, famous uh, people from India will come from the parliament uh, to in inaugurate the uh, Stay Rooted project. Uh, so it's opening today. I just spoke to Chiranjeeva Shyam Prabhu, who is uh, leading the project, and he said that it's uh, very, very exciting. Many people are already there, and uh, they will be having first the promotion of vegetarian uh, lifestyle through the Vedic uh, ethics and Vedic narrative. Uh, then in the second section, which will be held in November and December, there will be huge Kirtan events. They are held in the uh, India Pavilion as well, uh, where they are expecting to have not only uh, uh, devotees from uh, Vrindavan and Mayapur to come, but only in famous dancers in the Bharat Natyam dance and uh, different performances, so it's really like a amazing and massive, massive event here, and uh, we are really excited to take part in it, to do some service there. Uh, it's a, a really lots of participants, lots of guests are coming through from from all over the world, and um, it's uh, the, the, my what was what impressed me personally was the the way of preaching, how we can actually preach in such an event, which was, on the first glance, it was unrelated to to ISKCON as such. Uh, but uh, we here, as we living here for a while, we used to find every single opportunity to, uh, how to say, present certain parts, certain sections of, of devotional service uh, and fit it into the local uh, events, local community, uh, but at the same time not op not creating a lot of uh, turmoil here for the local government or something because it's really really sensitive to re religious topics. And uh, so here is actually for the first time in the history that ISKCON is presented with the ISKCON logo in United Arab Emirates and generally in GCC, mm. in, in Gulf, Gulf Corporation Council countries. So for the first time in UAE, there will be like a ISKCON presented with the ISKCON logo in India Pavilion for uh, almost six months mm. with different events, including the large kirtans and, uh, as I said, promotion of vegetarian uh, diet lifestyle and many other cultural events which will follow. 
including the, the stories for kids from uh, Shana Bhagavatam, uh, Ramayana, Mahabharata, uh, and so on. So it's like a really, really interesting, interesting project, an interesting way and narrative how to how to present uh, how to present Hare Krishna movement and how how to present the Vedic uh, tradition and philosophy in a let's say palatable way in a very uh, nice way to to fit into the local community and to fit into the local events which are uh, here there are plenty of them obviously so we are uh, doing our best to uh, take part in it and offer some give us give our contribution to this nice nice projects and nice events hmm. uh, yeah that's it for from my side here so we are seeking our your, your blessings guru maharajin devotees to, for to present and to do that service in a best possible way yes sounds sounds very energetic and um, sounds like you have a lot of bright people doing this so I'm sure it'll be successful um, I'm reminded because you said uh, devotees are finding ways to be present in all kinds of things their situations in Dubai and it just reminds me um, in Berkeley, California, when I was first seeing devotees, they were always there chanting Hare Krishna in public. Not that you're doing that there, but uh, the point is that it, it would come in the newspaper even. There would be some big political rally uh, or, or riot. We had, we had our... Uh, <laughs> interesting times in Berkeley and the newspaper would describe the scene and the crowds and the police and on and on and they would say and of course the Hare Krishnas were also present <laughs> of course <laughs> we were always uh, we I wasn't with them yet but uh, and of course the Hare Krishnas so <laughs> So it's going to become like that in Dubai also. And, of course, the Hare Krishnas were also there. <laughs> nice. They tried also, he told me that they tried to put the Ratayatra as well. Uh -huh. But it was it didn't pass by because of the this social distancing kind of thing. Oh. And, you know, it was not because it's very, very strict. They're extremely strict. Technical. Uh, the highest, highest imaginable... Uh, measures, you know, they have like a yeah. four thousand people staff only there who are like a permanently there in several shifts. It's, it's, more, 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 many of them being they have a, their own PCR facility center and everything. I mean, it's like a, unimaginable how it looks like. It's really like mm -hmm. end of the world, <laughs> really. But it's it's really nice. So we are finding yeah we're finding our ways here to <laughs> smuggle. Here and there, some things like a, some prasadam, some kirtan, some. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, let it increase, as Prabhupada said. Hare Krishna. Thank Hare you. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else have something you want to share today? 
some news? Is any news, any anything from yourself or from your surroundings? Anything, uh, anything somehow related to Krishna? No. I have to start calling. Are you Krishna Maharaj? Oh, okay. Super here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You're traveling. I just came out of my. Yes, I'm traveling, and uh, the most amazing part. Uh, I just saw so many cows just uh, outside my society gate. That is very unlikely. Like, oh. uh, it might be around hundreds of them. Oh. And I took some pictures, which That's... is like, it's very, very rare to find cows on the main city, yeah, uh, yeah. main road. Yeah. And I asked uh, where they're coming from, and they are coming from Rajasthan, all the way from Pakistan. And cows have big horns, probably Cong Congress, uh, Con some breed is Congress, there. yeah. Congress, yeah, probably. Mm. So, I... I Got quite excited seeing them. <laughs> well, I just hope they're not. I just hope they're not being transported uh, for slaughter. I don't think so I hope not. So, no, because no, 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 because in Haryana it is banned. Slaughtering cows is mm. banned in Haryana. Okay. So, um, I hope that uh, uh, yeah, they will be safe. And they were looking genuine cow herd then, but I don't know where they are going. And uh, in a, a few days uh, back. Uh, on 2nd of September, the Allahabad High Court uh, suggested to make uh, cow the national animal of India. <laughs> like it's white tiger, uh, so many years, yeah. Royal Bengal tiger. Yeah. But now, yeah, they have suggested, of, and basically for the production of cows, okay. cows being so much. And uh, yeah, I hope that that passes, uh, like the <laughs> bill is passed. That will yeah. be interesting. <laughs> See what yeah. happens. Thank you. Is that Aditi yeah. in the back Thank seat? You. Yes, my parents are here. Oh, your parents. Uh, my dad and Aditi. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Whole family <laughs> are, is there. Yeah, they are uh, saying Namaste and Hare Krishna <laughs> and Aditi is there. Hare Krishna, <laughs> greetings to all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, um, little news from India. Okay, let's see then, what else, what else, what else? Oh, Deva Radhika, you want to share something? Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisance. Hare Krishna. My humble obeisance to all the devotees. I had a question, Marj, if I may ask. Okay. While we were discussing uh, this song, um, and Shrabhakti Vinod Thakur talks so much about how the pay, the holy dham is determined by the devotees, so that way devotees actually are also in a way the place of pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. And just yesterday, my roommate, roommate and I, we were discussing about this factor that she also had this experience of staying in the outside world and then coming to the temple and staying. And we were sharing our experiences. And she and both of us were talking about how um, when we were living on the uh, when we are in 
the outside world and uh, as a congregation member we we feel the difference and both of us we had this phase in life when we were really struggling and we were we were hankering for the association of devotees and then we were discussing how when we are within the community of devotees and when we are living with them there are difficult circumstances and um where this fact that devotees themselves are a place of pilgrimage uh we forget that and um but we also hear how devotees are so dear to krishna and, and how the love for devotees is prioritized over everything else so how must one um remind themselves or oneself about how to always remember that devotees are a place of pilgrimage and devotees make us krishna conscious in some ways mm. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting um point that one is when one is away from devotees one hankers for association and then when you're in the association of devotees you might uh you might be not always so excited <laughs> to be in the association of devotees thinking oh this one and that one and oh wow uh, well shilabakti notakur reminds us so we get these reminders that's that's all i would say and also to think uh to use our intelligence uh to think of what what if i were in another in a situation where i was denied in other words sometimes how to put it we may have some devotees around us and we may think yeah well okay but they're kind of i don't know they each have their quirks or whatever but then consider uh which would you rather have would you would you rather have the non-devotee association those who have no interest in krishna and simply want to i don't know you know they have other interests um or would you rather have those around you who are interested in krishna of course we also i think all of us we know many people who are not we say in english card carrying devotees but they're really nice people they're very they have lots of good qualities um and they may be inspirations for us in in many ways so i guess here the point is um we want to be a little careful not to draw the line too sharply and say these are the devotees and those are the demons <laughs> even though in the bhagavatam uh there is the verse that says the devotees have all good qualities and the non those who are not devotees have no good qualities yes um but that's that's a kind of rhetorical statement i think it's not we have to be careful how we take that that would be an example of a statement to th- 
consider with respect to our hermeneutics project. Um, yeah, that's what comes to my mind. Uh, and it's always made a nice point that when we feel some less than appreciation for devotees, but we're in, uh, in their association, then we can ask ourselves, what can I do to serve them? Is there some little service that I could do uh, for this devotee, for that devotee? Dadati, pratigrinati. Um, is there something I could share, something I could give? Can I serve them prasadam? Can I do something um, proactively uh, that will open up uh, that relation of connection with Krishna? Because it's through our connection with Krishna that we can appreciate anyone, isn't it? Uh, it's just the devotees are making a more effort to mm, be uh, facing toward Krishna, to be serving Krishna, than perhaps the vast majority of people are doing. Is that okay? Oh, Salim has a point or a question. Okay. I would like to ask, he said we should not uh, draw the line too sharply in association with devotees. So how should we ourselves distinguish which association is beneficial and which is like a just a friendly Okay, Salim, Salim is asking if we're not drawing such a sharp line between devotee and non-devotee, then um, how to discriminate which association is good for us and which is not. I would say it's a matter of experience. It's, um, the, the basic principle is any anything that anything any person that helps us uh, in connecting with Krishna with help helps us in being uh, in service in being attracted to Krishna that is good anything that draws us away may not be so good but there may be some quality that a person shows maybe not officially engaged in bhakti yoga, but they may have some quality that we can learn from. So we can then take that for ourselves and appreciate. Um, but yeah, I would say it's a matter of, matter of experience. Um, and we can also think of it in terms of Nourishment. Am I being? Am I nourished uh, by this association with this person, or or am I getting? 
Am I losing uh, nourishment? Am I spiritually nourished? Or is something else happening? Of course, we're, we all live in complex societies with many complex relationships. <laughs> and, you know, we're all, we all need to find our way through and amongst and with our different associates that we have connection with one way or another in the best way we can. Always, you know, what's our priority? Our priority is uh, to cultivate Krishna Bhakti and we do our best. Uh, where someone we're with doesn't have any, doesn't show any Krishna Bhakti, maybe we can um, do something for them to open up their Krishna Bhakti. Maybe we can uh, encourage them in one way or another, tell them something about Krishna, something about spiritual practice, give them prasadam, give them a book, <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's already an hour gone. Anyone else something to share? Okay, maybe I'll start then with our our hermeneutics and uh, and the way I thought to start this um, let's see. Okay, um, yeah, so a day or two ago I received an email from Anandamayi Dasi asking a question about a particular verse in the Bhagavatam. And I thought, okay, let's look at that verse and let's uh, maybe... With that verse, we can think about hermeneutics because it's a verse with some interesting technical aspects of um, of yoga. We might also get some help. It just occurred to me we may get some help from Rindapati. He's he knows about all these things. I think. <laughs> Okay, but the verse is Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11. Let me see if I can share this. Reactions, share. Yeah. Share and share. There we are. Yes. Um... Okay, you can see my screen. Do you also see the arrow on the screen that I'm moving? Okay, good. 
All right, so here's the verse. Uh, this is Lord Krishna speaking, and he's speaking to Uddhava. Uh, it is Canto 11, Chapter 14, Verse 34. Hridyavichinam omkaram gandhanadam visornavat prane no dhiryatatrata Puna Sangvejayet Saram. Beginning from the Muladhara Chakra. Now, first thing we may notice is that there's no mention of Muladhara Shakta, uh, Chakra in the verse, in the Sanskrit. But let's keep going. Beginning from the Muladhara Chakra, one should move the life air continuously upward like the fibers in the lotus stalk, until one reaches the heart, where the sacred syllable Om is situated like the sound of a bell. Hmm. One should thus continue raising the sacred syllable upward, the distance of 12 angulas, and there, the omkara should be joined together with the 15 vibrations produced with anusvara. <laughs> okay. And then we have a short purport uh, from the followers of Śrīla Prabhupāda. This, as most of you know, Śrīla Prabhupāda translated and wrote his commentary up through Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 13, uh, the Brahma Vimohan Lila, uh, before he departed this world, uh, prior to which he specifically gave the task to complete the Bhagavatam uh, to His Holiness Ridayananda Das Goswami and his team. Um, it may be that Pradyumna was also named Pradyumna Prabhu, I don't remember. Gopi Paranadana Prabhu was also very involved in this work. Uh, and so this translation and purport is from them. As best I know, it was mainly Ridainana Maharaj who was doing the purports. Um, a rather short one in this case. It appears that the yoga system is somewhat technical and difficult to perform. Anusvara refers to a nasal vibration pronounced after the 15 Sanskrit vowels. The complete explanation of this process is extremely complicated and obviously unsuitable for this age. <laughs> From this description, we can appreciate the sophisticated achievements of those who, in former ages, practiced mystic meditation. Despite such appreciation, however, we should stick firmly to the simple, foolproof method of meditation prescribed for the present age, the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. 
Okay, now what can we say more about this? Well, the first thing, maybe I can just explain my procedure, because I was thinking, well, indeed, the question uh, Ananda Mai had basically is how to understand this. And I thought, well, let's see what we can understand from it. But the first thing I wanted to do was see the context. And this is a very important principle in hermeneutics, context. Uh, what, wh where do we find this verse? What is the subject of uh, the broader mm, series of verses? And one can sort of imagine, if you like, concentric circles where you have a particular verse or statement in the middle and then you have a circle around that and a wider circle around that. You have wider and wider circles of context. Uh, and we might want to say that the widest context um, in terms of Shastra, like we may, someone may hear this verse and say, well, where is it? And you say, it's in Srimad Bhagavatam. Oh, okay. So that may explain a lot for, for many people. Oh, it's in Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, so it is, that already tells a lot. It's, for one thing, it tells us that it's within uh, the scripture, which Srila Jiva Goswami said, is the authorized scripture for us for this age. Um, and that's a whole subject. We've maybe talked a bit about it before, but he kind of narrows down to, from all kinds of scripture, and he says, okay, this is the one for us. Uh, for for many reasons he gives in Tattva Sandharva. And then from there we can narrow it down more. We can say, aha, uh -huh, this is in the 11th canto. So it's after Krishna's pastimes. The 10th canto is very much um, all Krishna's, Krishna's biography, if you like. But... Um, Krishna's biography is not over in the 11th canto. He's still with us. Um, but he's coming toward the end of his pastimes, his, his manifest pastimes. And how is he concluding them? He's concluding them, sorry, he's concluding them uh, by speaking to Ur Uddhava, his dear friend and cousin, um, and he's speaking to him at great length on many different topics, and we can say that he is expanding on so many teachings, especially Bhagavad Gita, we might want to say. And in particular, what we find in this chapter uh, would seem to be a kind of expansion of a uh, subject that we find in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna is giving an overview of um, 
what comes to be called Ashtanga Yoga, Ashtanga, the Eightfold Yoga System. It's not referred to like that in Bhagavad Gita, and I don't know if it is in uh, the Uddhava Sandesh, anywhere referred to that way. And so, in that context, we are getting um, a bit more of a sense of what's going on. Now, because it's mm, because it's the Bhagavatam, one thing we can see is, although it's an expansion of teachings in Bhagavad Gita, it's still a summary. It's still summarizing what may be expanded somewhere else. And we may not know where it's expanded, but since Jiva Goswami is saying what really matters for us in this age is Srimad Bhagavatam, that suggests that maybe it doesn't matter a whole lot uh, what the greater elaboration would be. Maybe this is enough for us. And that seems to be the point that is being made here in the purport, um, that this is for other ages. Um, we just need to remember to chant Hare Krishna. Yeah, okay, but still, um, it's in the Bhagavatam. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so how can we understand it? Well, at this point, uh, it may help. We could say more about context, but I'll go on to another point now. We may go to, uh, to look at commentaries to this verse. So that's what I decided to do. Um, hold on here. That's not the one I wanted. That's the other one. Okay. Window. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I had meant to show you this. Let's see. Now I have to stop share and then start share again. And then we go to preview and share. Okay, and you can see that. All right, so this is, a, this is one page of the edition of the Srimad Bhagavatam, one of the editions uh, that Srila Prabhupada used when he was translating and commenting Srimad Bhagavatam. This is one page of uh, an edition that was published um, by a group of scholars in Ahmedabad, I think, in the early 60s. And it's in several volumes, and it has commentaries. It has the what's called the Mula text, the Mula, the root, and that's what you see in the somewhat larger text here. So what we have here, this is Canto 11, chapter 14, verses 33 through 40. And then 
That's what we see. This is 33, 34, up through 40. And these are these, uh, these verses. Sometimes it'll be a group of just two or three verses. Sometimes it'll be more in one sort of group, one clump. And now this will be followed by uh, the various commentators. Um, now, in this case, I don't know. This is Krishna Priyavyakya. I don't know who this is. Usually it starts with Sridhar Swami's commentary, and that's what we have here. Sridhar Swami Virachita. Virachita means written by or composed by Bhavarta Deepika. That's the name of his commentary. And here's his commentary for verse 33, then 34 goes up to somewhere here, 34, and then 35 is very short, and 36 goes up to here, 37, 38, and 39 he combines. So that's all he gives. It's just, uh, what is it, about 10 lines or 11 lines for all these verses together. <laughs> mm. And as many of you will know, Sridhar Swami is highly respected in our tradition as the... Um, sort of primary commentator on the Bhagavatam, even though he is considered to come from, an, uh, considered to be a follower of Shankaracharya. Go figure. Well, it seems that he is basically a devotee, and sometimes... Uh, sometimes he maybe slips into some non-dualist um, explanation of things, but in any case, he's highly respected. Now, this is one commentary, and then on the, I think it's two pages later, we find uh, here are some other commentaries. This is Srimad Jiva Goswami Krita Krama Sandarbha. Not even three lines for all, actually more than the verses listed. It's not showing now the next page. It's not showing? Oh. It's still showing the old page? Yeah. Oh, what do I have to do? Then I have to disconnect again, stop, share, and share screen, and, oh, I know what I have to do, okay, um, yeah, hold on, I have to, no, I don't know. Yeah, this should be right now. 
How's that? Say again. There are shets with Dharmagupta Prabhu WhatsApp shets or something. Just showing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Technology, technology. Technology, technology. I want to get this. Mm-hmm. And it's here. Should be this. Yeah, that should work. No? It's one, not one showing it. Yes, it now it shows it? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, now if you look at the arrow, it says Srimad Jiva Goswami Krita, means done by Jiva Goswami, Kramasandarvaha. Uh, which is one of his works, in which he gives very, 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 very brief, generally, uh, commentary, just to clarify a few, often just little technical points. So that's all that he gives. And then, after that, we have Srimad Vishwanath Chakravarti Krita Sarartha Darshini. That's his commentary, and you see his is also quite short. So even without reading or even without understanding these commentaries, one thing we can understand is they don't seem to think it's very important. (laughs) Now, there is a commentary, however, uh, this would take me a bit longer to dig out and show, another page Uh, or let me see this was on the second page let me try no that's that one ah there it is okay Mm -mm -mm. at least we're learning a bit how to use this stuff Okay, now to get what I just opened up on the page, I guess I have to again, do I have to again stop and start? The same page? Well, it's the same program, but it's a new page. Uh But it seems like, yeah, because the green is, Mm -hmm. so I can't just transfer it. Okay, whatever. (laughs) And like this, and then like this. That should work. Six, five, seven, yes. Share. Ta-da! There's a saying in English, when there's something you hear which makes absolutely no sense to you, we say, it sounds like Greek to me. 
So you may be looking at this page and saying, it looks like Sanskrit to me. <laughs> and you'd be right, it is. So I, all I wanted to show here is that we do have one commentary, and, and there's a few more, but not so many on these verses. But uh, this is from one Vamshidarakrita. Vam, Vamshidara is his name. Krita, done. Bhavartadipika Prakasha. So Bhavartadipika Prakasha means uh, this is what's called a sub commentary to Sridhar Swami's commentary. And sometimes this happens, someone will write a commentary to a commentary. So this uh, actually follows after, immediately after Sridhar Swami's commentary. And who, we may ask, is Vamshidara? There's not much known about him, but uh, he's quite recent. He's apparently from the 19th century. And he sometimes, or maybe quite often, he quotes, um, he quotes Sridhar Swami, but he also quotes uh, Vishwanath Chakavarti Thakur. Um, but more than that, I can't tell you about him. But what I wanted to say here is, this is where number 33 commentary ends, so he gives already a lot more for 33. And then for 34, he really gets into it. He goes from this point all the way down, uh, all the way down somewhere. 18... I had it marked, oh, here, down to here, 34. He has a lot to say, but most of what he's saying, I couldn't follow a lot, most of it, but I got the general idea. After he gives the basic points which the other Goswamis give, the other Acharyas, then what does he do? He quotes from, or cites, I don't know if he's directly, maybe he's quoting, from what he calls the Bindu, uh, Bindu Upanishad. That's what it says here. Bindu Upanishad too, and then he uh, talks about sounds, Goshani, Pratama Matra, and he goes into a whole thing about names of first, second, third, matras, parts of sound, apparently. It gets, as Sri as Dainanamar said, it gets quite technical. So I went a step further, but only a short step, uh, to look, as one can nowadays on the internet, what is this Bindu Upanishad? And all I found out um, wasn't enough time to do more than to find out that there's not one Bindu Upanishad. There are five Bindu Upanishads. Uh, there's uh, an Amrita Bindu, a uh, mm, Dhyana Bindu, Nada Bindu, and two others. 
So he doesn't specify which bindu he's referring to, and so one is left to, if one wanted to find exactly what's going on here, one would probably have to dig through uh, these different Upanishads to see. Um, okay, so what? Well, uh, let's go back to the verse now and see what more we can figure out from it. Back to the verse, and we have the verse. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing you may wonder is, well, it says, what is it saying about Muladhara Chakra? One should move from there up uh, and so on. And that's not in the verse. No, it's not in the verse. It's from the commentators. And as I remember, Sridhar Swami mentions, and seems all the others. Many of the commentators will simply copy what others uh, have, have said in their commentators, in their commentaries. Um, oh, oh, I see lots of comments in the comments section here. Uh, so, but there's something else uh, I was noticing. I found Banu Swami's translation of this verse uh, and of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's translation and verse. Um, and it's just interesting to note that for him, Bisa Urna Vat, it says, like the fiber running up the lotus stalk. Yes, that's what it means. Um, but uh, Banu Swami adds that the point is that it's extremely thin. Uh, the uh, the point of the analogy, right? Because it's a it's an analogy. Bisha or navat. It's like the fiber running. The sound. How is the sound like the fiber running up the stalk? He says it's it's it means that it's thin. Um, whereas here in this translation, it's about the life air continuously going upward like the fibers of a stalk. Uh, of a, so that's a different interpretation. I'm inclined to go with Banu Swamis because it uh, ties in with Gantanadam Omkaram. It's the next line is Pranena. Anyway. And then uh, all this about um, the 12 thumb breaths. <laughs> yes, the commentators talk about uh, Dvanasha Angula, and an Angula, in the translation we get 12 Angulas. An Angula can be a finger or a thumb. Thumbs are generally thicker than the other fingers. Uh, but somehow they decided to make it 12 thumb breaths. And then that would seem to be giving a measure from the muladhara chakra up to the heart, but 
I'm not so sure that's the point. Um, and, and, and then we have this mention of 15 vibrations. Now that was the only place I found 15 vibrations was in Vamsidhara's commentary. So apparently uh, they were, uh, I, I can well imagine that was mm, Gopi Paranadana Prabhu finding that. Um, and then it says they joined together, well, Samveshayet. Hmm, one should join together. Um, okay, possibly, but Samveshayet could also mean um, one should enter together because it's from Vish to enter. <clears throat> um, and some can mean together. And uh, I believe it was Jiva or Vishwanath said, gives a gloss for Samveshayet as Stiri Kuryat, to make firm. So you get different interpretations. Uh, and, you know, is one of them right and one of them wrong? Not necessarily. But when it comes to technical practices of Basically, what's going on here is pranayama. Um, naturally, one wants to know how to do it right if one is going to be uh, trying to do it. Another point, though, is one thing we see in the Bhagavatam uh, in general is a blend, a blending of Vedic and Tantric elements. Um, and I would say that's what's happening here. We're getting some Tantric elements, uh, which is very concerned with sounds, with mantra, and syllable, single syllables, bija syllables. So taking, as we have um, mentioned here, 15 Sanskrit vowels, and adding anusvara, it may be referring to making the sound or hearing the sound. Ang, um, ang, and ang. So a, a, i, i, u, u, r, ri, l, r, i, a, i, o, ow. Um, all of these with anusvara at the end. So. Ang, ang. Um, ung, ung. <laughs> ing, ing. No, the other way around. Uh, uh, e, e, u, u. Yes. Anyway, like that. Um, the main point being that now I'm basically speculating. <laughs> And uh, I wanted to ask Rinda Pati if he can shed some light on this from his yoga studies. Hi, Krishna. Um, can you, can everybody hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, yes. Um, 
The uh, uh, thank you for such an illuminating explanation that you gave very expertly on on everything. I don't think I can do any justice in front of my guru uh, by giving anything better, but I can certainly share what I've learned from my yogic schools. Um, and one thing is that um, in the heart chakra, uh, there is a bija mantra called yam. Mm-hmm. It makes a sound, and every petal around the heart chakra has also got subsequent uh, bija mantras as well, subsequent sound vibrations. So I'm not sure entirely here if that is what Krishna is referring to in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, maybe the Anahat itself does, uh, every chakra, in fact, vibrates at a vibration as a swara. Uh, there's saptasaras in music also. When you strike a bell, there was this con- this this mention of a ganta. Gantanada is the sound of a bell. Mm-hmm. Now, if you strike a bell, it makes sh- a good. You know, even if you have a good pair of kartals, you know, if you were to strike a good pair of kartals, it should make seven sounds. Seven. Um, it should resonate to the count of seven. Uh, mm. And that's a really good set of kartals. Mm. You know, you have sa, re, ga, ma, pa, da, ni, sa, in music. Mm. We know that a sound, when a bell is, you get the ding, should mm. resonate like this. So this is what I'm thinking is, is that, um, you know, perhaps this um, sound vibration of the, the anahat is, is connected to the sound of a bell. And the even the omkara is reverberated for a long period. So it's a long om that is probably being mentioned here, that you you start with the a-u-ma, uh, and it should kind of last mm-hmm. the same amount of time as you would ring a bell, probably. Mm. So it's probably the a conceptual understanding of how the meditation should be done. It's is clearly what is being described here is a concept of meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about how from the chakras, from the muladhara chakra, uh, you move up to the heart chakra and open up the heart chakra. It's basically raising the consciousness from the base chakra, which is, Definitely to do with the material world, with feeling grounded and sense of security and, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things and raising it up to the heart chakra, which is really, in one sense, a concept of raising up to the heart to, to invoke prema eventually. I, I imagine yeah. the, the concept is to be opening up your heart is to be more to yeah. do with love. With love. Yeah. It's a higher, higher consciousness. Yeah. And the prana, for example, that we're raising up, um, you know, I've, you know, I've practiced, I mean, I have some experience of, you know, when I was learning with the yogis, they would use a pranayama or different breathing exercises to help, you know, raise the prana, raise the energy from the muladhara chakra to the heart. And it's usually done by visualization, actually. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think any of us can feel breathing, you know, at least not in the, in the in the most pleasant yogic way, in the muladhara chakra. You know, the 
usually the the air, the life force that functions in the Muladhara region is called apana, or basically passing wind. It's not actually raising to a life as prana. Yeah. Prana, apana, vayana, udana, and samana inside yeah. the body. And when you're raising the kundalini, for example, which is a type of energy, uh, it doesn't mention the word kundalini there. It just talks about raising the prana to the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. So that might be an activation of the heart chakra, but it's not necessarily raising of kundalini. It, there is probably, maybe later, I don't didn't read further, uh, or I probably need to revisit the 11th canto to, to understand what was written later. But it's coming to the to the heart chakra, but later we know that Uddhava sends Krishna to go and see those people who have perhaps mastered their heart chakra in Vrindavan. Krishna sends Uddhava or Uddhava, Uddhava. sends Krishna? No, Uddhava, Krishna sends Uddhava. Krishna's, okay, you're talking about his sending yeah, so him later, as a messenger. Right, right. As a messenger. So, he's, yeah. so he goes and then so he learns from those people who have probably mastered that heart chakra and in, you know, in the, in the most infinitely spiritual way that they could possibly right. imagine. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, um, from the commentary, you know, from the relevance that has been given on the commentary that they know what's coming later that the, the Acharyas know what's coming later, that these instructions are given, but later there is uh, the another route to get to the heart chakra. <laughs> so um, this is just what I was thinking. This is just a reflection, yeah. you, know, just, you know, meditating on what you were saying, uh, Guru Maharaj, and uh, that that could be that, you know, that there is a, another there's another way, there's another route, which is explained later. However, from the deity worship, uh, which Guru Maharaj is also an expert on, we know that uh, there is a lot of meditative practices that are... People always with. say that. <laughs> so, Go ahead, so, keep going. So, so uh, the... Uh, before deity worship is begun, we actually recommended that after taking Archman, we take Archman twice and Pranayama is done to study the mind and the consciousness. Mm-hmm. And also Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, interestingly, in other Shastras mentions that there are some other uh, meditations that he actually employs for visualizing Radha and Krishna in the seat of a heart in the whirl of a lotus. Mm-hmm. He mentions this. Mahanidhi Maharaj does a couple of translations on some of Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur's meditative uh, things, even stating at the end of their meditations that if anybody does this meditation three times, you'll have darshan of Radha and Krishna. Huh, sounds good. <laughs> well, yeah. that's that seems to be what's happening here in the eleventh canto. Just a couple of verses later, from this verse thirty-four, then we get a whole long series of verses thirty-six through forty-two, describing. Uh, or directing one to meditate uh, on the Lord in the heart with so much detail is given. Yeah. So actually, even also the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam actually also describes the difference between the Achala deity and the Chala deity, or the deity that is installed in the temple and the deity that's also installed temporarily. So a deity that is temporarily installed, like the deities we have at home, 
Yeah. Technically speaking, we have to do our vahanam daily, invite the deity daily into the form to do the to the worship in the murti or the archa vigraha or the bimba, meaning the, the the form that we're going to be inviting the deity into. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that if you just kind of look at the whole eleventh canto, I, I guess from um, you know kind of taking a step back and looking at it. It is probably kind of a prep, a kind of prep work before entering into a much deeper meditation, which is really to visualize Radha and Krishna in the heart. The Omkara, in one sense, is the, you know everything starts with the Omkara. Even every mantra starts with Omkara. It kind of yeah. prepares the ground mm. for the bijas to later then be sown into. In Tantra, we have bija mantras. Yeah, bija mantras are sown, and when they're chanted, they kind of take sprout they sprout mm. into different leaves and and the fruit is born and the same uh vishnu chakravarti thakur was it vishnu chakravarti thakur for the uh bhakti lata no my brains the 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 uh bhakti lata what is it the cloud of the cloud button the um, madhurya kadambini madhurya kadambini uh, also speaks about what you know in yoga we have you know um, a process of you know how yoga you achieve samadhi mm-hmm. and in bhakti yoga there's also this process where you actually attain prema mm-hmm. so they have you know we have the bhakti yoga has its own um, ascension and right. and in and in yoga there is also an ascension to reach samadhi but mm-hmm. What bhakti yoga, in one sense, is is that it's achieving a samadhi through a particular process, which goes via this uh, uh, bhakti lata bija, and it's using the same similar kind of parallel principles, but to achieve uh, love or prema. Mm. So, so it looks, it does look like that. You know, if you look at the kind of trajectory of the eleventh canto, and also the look at the pastimes of Uddhava, it ultimately leads to this desire to become uh, a blade of grass in Vrindavan <laughs> under the lotus feet of the gopis. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. <laughs> so, yeah. so this, this would be my kind of uh, stance on it. But definitely in this day and age for yoga, in, I have personally experienced this. Uh, did land me in hospital as well. That's another story for another day. But uh, the Kundalini and the chakras, and I kind of had lost faith in it personally. <laughs> mm. uh, and then eventually, what two times in my life, I had this experience of my, you know, experience of chakras and experience with Kundalini. And uh, I, I'm, I was proven wrong, put it that way. So... It can be quite dangerous, I always hear, to deal with kundalini if one is not really careful. So Mother Urmila, actually, she gave a seminar back in Nrsimakshetra many years ago when the Pandava Sena trip came there many years ago, and Bhakti Maharaj was there also, Sajinanda Maharaj came. I don't know if some of you maybe, maybe Nandi Mukhi might have been there at that time. Mm -hmm. But she also gave this... um, she also spoke about Madhurya Kandambini and uh, she was speaking about uh, how prema is really the the final stage of of this bhakti, the fruit of, 
of this book, Creeper of Diversion Fructifying. And she paralleled it to how at different stages of your growth in, uh, in spiritual life from, you know, Bhajana Kriya all the way to Bhava all the way to, you know, etc. all the mm-hmm. way to Brahma. Um, she kind of did this very interesting parallel to how in yoga stages you achieve different levels of samadhi, up, up to the different levels of samadhi, mm. which means... You know, yama, niyama, asana, yeah. you know, dharana, for example, mm. up to samadhi. And yeah. this is the ashtanga, really. The concept of ashtanga really is found in Patanjali's, um, right. you know. And he even even ashtanga, uh, Patanjali doesn't really actually mention that it's actually eight limbs. They just, right. somebody has later taken looks, out. And, yeah. Yeah, later they take out eight kind of, you know, core um, principal things that kind of form the ashta anga eight limbs of yeah, yeah. eight fold part of of what Prabhupada calls eight fold path of yoga yeah. in, in Bhagavad Gita. So that's mm. my only take on it. But I think um through the practice of um, Bhajanagriya mm. and, and and surpassing the state of Anartha Nivriti, uh, one comes to naturally comes to the state of bhava where emotions are engaged in Krishna's service. Yes. And the life the life airs in, in bhava or emotions rise anyway to the heart chakra, causing creating emotion. Creating mm. creating emotion. And you know, then we read this even in the uh, prayers uh, Guru Vashtaka prayers that, you know, the spiritual master is Kampana, he's he's trembling. Romancha Kampa Srutarangabajo. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is also you know the Ashta Satvikalpavas are there within Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, and oh uh, yes. So yes, it's dangerous on both levels. It's dangerous to try and rake in your kundalini. It's dangerous to try, I guess, to try and uh, forcefully force your way up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> also, anything um, premature is going to be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> But I think a steady progress, um, what I have learned from, you know, that my gurus, all my gurus in yoga, and especially in bhakti yoga, is a st- gradual steady progress and with guidance and practice of... Wins the race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, uh, you, I think Guru Maharaj, I, you can take over the reins now. I've, <laughs> I've spoken enough now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you. That you've brought up many uh, good, good and relevant points, um, and maybe we've kind of thrashed this one verse enough for today. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to point out um, that we're talking about hermeneutics, which means trying to get to the meaning of something, because that was the question. Uh, what what is meant by all of this? Uh, it's kind of cryptic. So I was showing a little bit how one might find out more um, from commentators, and then I wanted to show how the commentators work uh, and just give a little taste of that. But now, in the next, just we have a few minutes, Dira Lalita is asking about um, back to the hermeneutics, there I sent out this file um, listing 
um, the different aspects of the hermeneutic practice that we are uh, gradually going to be teaching. And she's asking about uh, the sixth principle, uh, the bedrock foundation number six. Scriptures are consistent and coherent, enabling dialogue between part and whole. Uh, what does this mean? Yeah, so now what I'll do today. Today we're sharing screen a lot. Uh, so now I'm going to share the screen with this file. So this is from the um, hermeneutics supplementary materials. And this is a much, much, much longer file than what I've shared so far because it's giving explanations of each and every single one of the many. Um, there are six qualities in the beginning, then 24 principles, then 40 tools. And each one gets some explanation. So we can look. We're not, I'm not claiming it all to be systematic now uh, with this presentation because uh, we're just trying to get our toes in the water a little bit, just to give some ideas. And since uh, we had the question from Ananda Mahi, I thought, okay, let's take that as a way to go in. Uh, although it would be another process to find exactly which principle it is having to do with context. Oh, here it is. It's number 11. Um that might be part of what would help. Uh, and now Dira Lalita is asking about the number six principle, which states, scriptures are consistent and coherent, enabling meaningful dialogue between part and whole. So what does this mean? Um, so then comes the explanation, and it starts out with, a sutra from the Vedanta Sutra, it's the fourth of the some 500 and something sutras, Tattu Samanvayat, which is translated as Lord Krishna is the conclusion because of the agreement of the totality of all scriptural statements. Um, of course, that's an expansion from the actual word Samanvayat, is the key word, it means agreement. Because of agreement. Uh, however, to, because of agreement with that, something like that. Okay, then we have, we just heard about Ormila Devi in Singhachalam, um, the different members of the Shastra Advisory Council wrote kind of short essays uh, explaining these different principles. So here we can read something. She says, one can understand the parts of the text, uh, like the verses, by the whole of the text. And one can understand the whole of the text by its individual parts. 
um, regarding understanding parts in relation to the whole, we first look at what Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes. And this is quoting Bhaktivinoda, the Vedas are immensely voluminous. Their exact essence can only be extracted by scrutinizing every single shloka from each of the Upanishads, Puranas, and so on. Isolated and out-of-context statements cannot present a clear picture, but rather distort the real meaning. Ultimately, therefore, Shri Chaitanya tooth-combed, that means he went very carefully through the entire Vedic literature and formulated his most sublime transcendental teachings, presenting the most elevated philosophy of Achintya Veda Veda, uh, namely that the jiva and matter are simultaneously one with and distinct from the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna. And that's from Chaivandharma. Um, and then she gives an example. For a specific example of how parts can only be understood in relation to the whole, in the 8th canto, chapter 7, Bhagavatam, there are prayers to Lord Shiva to request him to deal with the poison created by churning the milk ocean. In many of these prayers, the descriptions of Shiva would properly apply to Vishnu, not Shiva. And then she gives one example and the translation, O Lord, you are self-effulgent and supreme. You create this material world by your personal energy and you assume the names Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshvara when you act in creation, maintenance, and annihilation. Mm. Yeah, so the point is going to be made that this is uh, clearly has to be understood in the context. Otherwise, one would decide, go away saying, ah, Lord Shiva is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> and she quotes Prabhupada, this prayer is actually offered to Lord Vishnu, the Purusha who in his incarnations as the Gunavataras assumes the names Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshvara. Not only do, under, do we understand specific texts in relation to the whole work in which they appear, but we also understand the whole work in terms of its parts. There are a number of tools that specifically aid in such understanding, such as Tool 8, the t ten topics of the Bhagavatam, tool 17, key statement, and tool 26, criteria to know the main import and conclusions of a work of Shastra. Now, the same, uh, same principle number six also gets an explanation by Gopal Hari Prabhu. Mm. And he's giving examples which we don't really 
have time to go into now. Uh, but, oh, quite something. It's been a while since I read this. Mm. Okay, I've marked one point he makes here. It is important not to interpret these statements through the eyes of Shankara, but to allow the text to speak for itself. Shankara's doctrine of anirvachaniya, for example, says that the world is neither real nor unreal, whereas the Bhagavatam claims that the world is both real and unreal. Uh, and he elaborates more on that. Um, and I might mention that uh, Gopal Hari Prabhu knows quite a lot on that particular subject, uh, especially because he, he studied the Bhagavatam specifically on the subject of how the word maya, Maya is used in the Bhagavatam. And this became his doctoral dissertation, and later it became a book, um, which we have here. But it's over on the other side. Um, anyway, it's a book. We have a whole book on the subject of uh, maya in the Bhagavatam, the many ways that the word maya is used. Um, yeah, we're going into some, you may get a sense that uh, these can become very deep waters. And if you got that sense, you wouldn't be, wouldn't be wrong. I think another thing we can start to sense is that Hermeneutics is mm, it's a kind of process of weaving a net, a, a network, uh, a fabric of meaning. And like an expert knitter, someone who can knit, you know, pull over and scarf and all these things. Um, they're just using two needles. <laughs> I always find it kind of mystical. My sister-in-law does it a lot. She makes all these amazing things just by, just by doing this. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's an appropriate analogy, but it, it's, um, it's a process. What I want to say is the... The more familiar we are with Shastra, the more, the better we can understand Shastra, uh, because it's reflecting. One element reflects on and supports another, which reflects and supports and expands another element. And more and more we get the big picture. Of course, that's also what... The guru's job is is to give us the big picture, uh, and that's what Srila Prabhupada does from the get-go, just from day one. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
you could spend years trying to understand that that's the point. So he says, here's the point. <laughs> um, so, and uh, the guru is also teaching us what's important in Shastra and what's not so important. What to pay attention to and what not to, not to worry about. So back to that point, I think we can see that a little bit indicated in this first case of the verse from the 11th canto about the technicalities of pranayama and meditation on omkara in the heart. Uh, the details of that, uh, our acharyas didn't seem to consider as so important because they don't really elaborate. Krishna, Krishna, I think we're about where we can be for now, for today. Um, my apologies to those of you who have further comments. Maybe you can bring them back next time and we can discuss. Yeah, so on that note, Hare Krishna. All the best to all of you. Thank you all for joining us from all over the universe. <laughs> I see Taranisaki from Slovenia. And yeah. And Sitarani all the way from Hong Kong. And I don't know who is Carly Zanyuk. There's some. F oh, that's uh, Ipek. Uh, no, it's Shavana Ramania, probably. Oh, Shavana Ramania. Oh, okay. You suddenly moved. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Ipek is there. Are you in Munich or are you in Turkey, Ipek? Uh, I am in Turkey right now. And next week we have a Bakti camp in Turkey. Uh, for the seventh time, so it's devotees from all over the country coming together. Oh, very nice, uh, very nice. And I will be here for that and then going to Munich. Okay, very good. Okay, wishing you all a very nice week, a safe week, a happy week, a chanting Hare Krishna and Krishna's Mercy Week. And yes, all good things. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Jai. Ananta Koti Vaishnavarinda ki jai. Jai. Nitai Gora Premanande Hari Hari Bo. His Holiness is an exceptional story, Maharaja ki jai. 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 Jai.